2: Go behind the scenes and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun
1: wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way.
2: Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and...
0: This episode of Stuff I Don't Want You to Know is brought to you by Alienware. During
1: Dell Tech Fest, score game changing innovations with limited time deals on select next gen Alienware gaming tech.
2: New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor,
0: featuring awe inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential.
1: Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select game Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel.
2: They call me Ben. We're joined as always with our super producer, Alexis codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. There is so much stuff happening in the world. Um, I can't remember when, which episode is coming out, but uh, there were several other train derailments quite recently, uh, and they did not make the news. So we're keeping an eye on that. Uh, there's a mystery fleet that's expanding across the globe, illegally moving Russian oil. Warhawks are saying Iran is 12 days away from making material for a nuclear bomb if so they choose. and we're not talking about any of that this time. Uh, we we are exploring uh, we're exploring some strange stories that also, Like so many other things occur below the fold and need more attention. There is hope for combating asteroids in outer space. This is true. The president of Mexico turns out to be kind of a fan of cryptids. And (laughs) before we get to any of that, it turns out that the U.S. Marshal Service got hacked. Now, you might say, I'm not a U.S. Marshal. That doesn't matter to me, but uh, maybe wait, wait for a second. This is where you found this one, Matt.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we're going to talk about it in just a second. I think it's important we mention a couple of things about the train derailments before we jump into this, because mm-hmm. we saw we saw in Florida an example of what happens when a train full of, in this case, propane, propane, very, yeah, extremely flammable materials, derails. And it's really dangerous, a very, very dangerous situation. But we've seen the reaction to it and the response to it in the way that we have mentioned and maybe hoped to have seen in East Palestine, Uh, because that train, the materials were siphoned out of the derailed train and they were moved out of there. The train was either removed or put back on the tracks, depending on which ones you're talking about, like individual rail cars, Mm -hmm. and everybody was safe. No huge fires, no huge explosions, anything like that. It's a little different in East Palestine because there was fire right already involved in the situation, but they carefully removed the materials. Mm. I, well, I mean, they, they removed a lot of them. Well, I there was no so. leak. There was
2: no propane leak, at least oh, according yeah, to, to the talking stories. yeah, you're Florida. I thought you were talking about. East Palestine, okay.
1: No, no, in East Palestine, uh, debacle, horrible situation. I know. In in Florida, good job, guys. Uh, Then the thing in Greece, where where dozens of people were killed because a passenger train and a freight train were on the same dang track and just ran smack dab into each other. Mm -hmm. It's just pretty horrifying. Uh, I just wanted to bring those two things up. It's worth your time to at least look at them, see Mm -hmm. what happens, and learn a little bit more, maybe on your own, just about how frequent this stuff occurs derailments oh, are yeah. so frequent
2: almost two thousand a year in the u s alone and, and across the world numbers much higher also uh in retrospect, I was pretty lucky not to get detained slash arrested when I got that wild hair but um but yeah uh in other countries they are far less reticent about uh about taking reporters out and uh <laughs> making them uh making them not pass go and not collect $200 or whatever, but be safe out there. And one of the big things to remember is that in many of these situations, the people who are actually running the rails, the people who are running the trains, they are not the problem. They are not the issue. And uh, we hope that if you haven't listened to our episode, East Palestine and beyond, you do tune in and please let us know, as we said, there are more about The attacks on infrastructure that are occurring on a regular basis and are often somewhat ignored by the news and ask yourself why they get ignored and infrastructure, Matt, as we'll see, is not uh, is not limited to physical things. I think we could say it's fair to say, right, that uh, nowadays intangible infrastructure is just as vital right we're talking about records stored in the cloud we're talking about the internet this is as vital a piece of modern infrastructure as um as a waterway would have been in times of old and sadly just as vulnerable
1: oh yes especially uh individual servers so like an individual system that is somewhat separated from the larger infrastructure network of a an organization. So that, that's what we're talking about today. Uh, kind of a separated system, a computer system within the U.S. Marshals Service. So the first thing you may ask yourself is ah, U.S. Marshals. That sounds really familiar. But what is that? Uh, I'm going to give you the mission statement. According it's to a movie.
0: Literally a movie called U.S. Marshals, I think, starring Emily Jones. <laughs> well, and there you sort go. Of like a, I think it's either a sequel or I think it's a sequel to The Fugitive because it was the U.S. Marshals that were chasing that that old fugitive, Harrison Ford, <laughs> that yeah. scamp.
1: Oh, yes. So watch the movie. And then uh, this is their mission statement. The mission of the U.S. Marshal Service is to enforce federal laws and provide support to virtually all elements of the federal justice system by providing for the security of federal court facilities and the safety of judges and other court personnel, apprehending criminals, exercising custody of federal prisoners and providing for their security and transportation to correctional facilities. there's a little more almost done executing federal court orders, seizing assets gained by illegal means and providing for the custody management and disposal of forfeited assets and assuring the safety of endangered government witnesses and their families.
2: Wit sec. Uh, Also, I love, I love the idea of (laughs) something about this story made me go into a brief rabbit hole, man. I was looking up the YouTube clips of, like reporters and law enforcement figures, the world, the world around who have confiscated usually big amounts of cannabis and their, <laughs> their solution is to burn it in a bonfire.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> all huddle deep around. Breaths. Deep breaths. <laughs> These are always amazing. Man's wafting. Yes. Um,
2: <laughs> but Witsec, you know, we should also, uh, we were talking about this briefly off air. We should also do an actual episode on what on, Witness security or, you know, most people know it as the witness protection program. It's Mm -hmm. a very real thing. uh, And some of the people involved in it might be listening to the show today. We promise we won't say your other name.
0: Also, I mean, you mentioned transporting prisoners uh, and, and any one of us have possibly been on a flight where there's, you know, an air marshal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, present and oh. that would be a member of that's a special designation, but that's a member of the U.S. Marshals Service, right? It,
2: it's good that they're there. Um, and, you know, the idea is to blend in like a plain clothes. Uh, you can, tell. You if can you, tell if you know what to look. look for. You could tell, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like an agent provocateur at a, at a protest and you're like, huh, those are general issue boots. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: So next time you're boarding a plane and you're walking down the aisle, if you're in one of those last groups, just keep your eyes out and make sure to find them and then give them a good wink. Maybe a little touch of the nose. <laughs> It'll, <laughs> go, go, for real well. It'll they, go real well. It'll go real well. Because
2: they love that. Just <laughs> walk yeah, by, love Just yeah. walk by and under your breath go, nice.
1: I'm joking. <laughs> Don't go for their gun. No, that was a no.
2: dumb, dumb joke. Do not
0: quote me on that. Do not take that out of context. The Internet <laughs> don't do
1: any of the things we just said. We're, we're completely joking. We're, we're being silly. Uh, okay, so that's what marshals are. That's what they right. do. Yeah. Um, they're very, very important to the justice system. And they are the I think, guys, correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe the U.S. Marshals are the oldest law enforcement organization Within the U.S., isn't Mm. that may or may not be true, like federal organization, uh, I guess? Yeah. yeah. You think about marshals in terms of
0: the old west. They always call them Marshall. So I wonder if that's got anything to do with it.
2: Yeah. They they go back to the 1700s, I believe, Mm -hmm. like shortly after the foundation of the country.
1: Oh, yes. Um, So what happened? They were the targets of a ransomware attack. So this is an attack where, oh, the word hackers comes up. Hackers, some people who are very good at using computer programs uh, to infiltrate other networks, they targeted, probably targeted, the U.S. Marshal Service. And we just have to read from one of these articles. You can find basically a four to six paragraph write up on this in every major news outlet, but it has the same information I highly recommend heading over to npr.org and reading Jenna McLaughlin's article titled Hackers Steal Sensitive Law Enforcement Data in a Breach of the U.S. Marshals Service because this article has a little more breadth than a lot of the other reporting. So we're going to read a little bit of this just so we get an understanding. The U.S. Marshals Service revealed it was the victim of one of these cyber attacks last week. This is published on the 28th of February, by the way. Uh, According to a spokesperson of the U.S. Marshals, it was a major incident which impacted a standalone computer system that contained records about targets of ongoing investigations and employee personal data, as well as internal processes of the U.S. Marshals Service. That's Uh, not good. (laughs) Well, one thing we've learned over the years here, what is one of the major things the CIA protects of their operations? their oh, internal it, processes. <laughs> yeah, it's the methods used. The methods, which according to this reporting and all the other reporting, we don't know if that's, that's essentially what was captured there, right? Um, what are the procedures to get things done, to make things happen? Uh, was it just information about employees? Was it, you know, what do those internal processes mean, basically? Uh, but also just records on targets of ongoing investigations if that information gets into the wrong hands, people who are currently under federal invest investigation could know about it, and that would be really bad.
2: Yeah, because you want to keep that you want to keep that information hidden until you have something solid. I would imagine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not to mention the identity of all those air marshals we're talking about. That yeah, are, that are you know, undercover
1: or or the marshals who are let's say keeping watch over people in the witness protection program,
2: mm-hmm. right? So if you, can,
1: if you can locate the marshals, then you can triangulate maybe. Like, it's a little scary. It's mm, probably yes. really scary, actually, for people who are involved in, in that program. Um, here, here is the, the next thing, which is important, though. According to that same spokesperson from the marshal service, the system that was breached did not include personal details about people in WITSEC, so in the federal witness protection program.
2: Mhm. Yeah, from my understanding, Matt, this included like you said personally identifiable information to subjects of investigation and to some employees. But then there's the nebulous third parties clause. It, they also got something on third parties. I, and it makes me wonder what a lot of people don't understand when they're script kiddies, which is a derogatory term in the in the hacking community. When when they're script kiddies and they're just like Cutting and pasting code or exploits, um, I don't think a lot of them are aware that some of these systems are designed to bite back so that such that you might feel you have uh, successfully infiltrated something, but now it's that system has learned more about you and identified you, so it seems pretty ballsy to go against the Marshall system, and that makes me wonder. Would this be like a foreign power? Would it be mm. organized crime? I mean, do we know anything about the possible perpetrator?
1: right now we know we know nothing. We know that government agencies like this, uh, and especially you know intelligence agencies are ripe targets for foreign actors, right? These are pretty nice targets for them um, and it is a ransomware attack, but we don't have a ton of details about what actually happened like. We've seen here that information was being siphoned off of that server at the Marshall service. Mm -hmm. And then we don't know if the computer was locked, if all the files were just encrypted within that server. Uh, We don't, we don't know a bunch of specifics and they're not giving a bunch of specifics to be honest. Um, At least this was basically something that was put out to Reuters. NBC news ran with it Mm -hmm. and everybody else picked up on it. It's literally not known if a ransom was demanded, Right. We're calling it ransomware because it appears to have the same types of things happening that a ransomware attack would. Mm, mm -hmm. And
2: do we know much about um, potential next steps that the U.S. Marshals have maybe communicated? It it feels to me like a lot of the aftermath of this is not going to be public for a minute right no
1: it, it's a forensic investigation right uh, like computer forensics investigation that's going to be complicated and probably take a while um the biggest thing is securing other parts of the network that weren't connected but are similar right mhm if you imagine somebody got in somebody broke into a cottage that's on some big property right but the cottage is a little further away it's isolated and separated from the main the main house or whatever it is, if you're really bougie like that, Uh people, they broke into that cottage. They got access to everything in there. It's still on the property, but it's not connected. So I we got to make sure the main house is secure. I think that's probably what's happening right now.
2: I mean, that's better than uh, the alternative, right? Which is, you know, the worst case scenario for the protective side, the The subject of the of the hack, the worst case scenario is to not know that a hack has occurred while someone has keys to your house. Yes. So they know that part. They know that someone got in. They're not saying publicly who it was, uh, but they are they're probably going to have to reevaluate or even escalate a lot of operations at this point. Mm hmm. Because you could sell that data. Oh, I can't believe I didn't think about that yeah. until just now. To the highest bidder. I mean, yeah. it's, it's essentially right. like it's government secrets. <laughs> That's what it is. Like, hey, Maddie, both hands. We come to you with immense respect and uh, uh, a little tip uh, about our friends in the Marshall Service. Uh, you might want to keep an eye on those <laughs> on those trucks selling yeah. loose cigarettes. I don't know why. That's like where That's I'm so going.
1: Funny. Well, I've got a hypothetical for us before we leave. What if you wanted to capture people who were enemies of the Marshall service? If you wanted to capture people in a net who wanted to do harm to people in the witness protection program, what if you put out a story about a bunch of information being taken from your own servers, right? We have all this information. It It was stolen. It's all this valuable stuff. And then you go on the dark web and you set a trap, a honeypot, and you and you say, (laughs) hey, we're selling this information and you see who bites. And from that from that point forward, you actually use it against people. It could be counterintelligence. I'm just saying you Mm -hmm. could use it and not even like snag them right away. You know, just use it to keep tabs. Mm-hmm. Give them some false info, maybe yeah, a little yeah. disinfo. I'm, just, I'm, I don't think that's actually what's happening here. That feels too complicated. Oh, well, but it's, uh, it's, it's a fun idea. It's an idea, fun idea. It's a good idea.
0: Can I just add before we we in this? I, I, I was just thinking about hackers. I was just going down a rabbit hole of like silly hacker names, and I found a giant list. I just wanted to read some of my favorites. Uh, we've got, let's see, Caps Lock Holmes, Babe Root. Uh, We've got baby underscore got dot back, which is a a file structure joke. Uh, And then we've got uh, Barista Creepshot, Baron Snowcrasher, Bash Cassidy, and uh,
1: Beyonce nulls. I don't know if any of these are real, but they're fun. They are very fun. Uh, So right now we're going to take a break, but we'll be right back and hear more about this weird picture that a really important person posted. Oh, come on, come on, it's proof.
2: All right, whatever, ads. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
3: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my
2: dentist's office.
4: In July 1881, a man walked into a train station, pulled out a gun, and shot the President of the United States. James Garfield's assassination horrified the American people, and they wanted his killer, Charles Guiteau, punished. But Guiteau, many experts believed, was insane. What had seemed like a black-and-white case was now much grayer. Could the justice system truly deliver justice in a situation like this? Guiteau's trial was extraordinary, but not unique. Important trials have always raised questions and made us reflect on the world we live in. I'm Mira Hayward, and I'm exploring the stories of these trials in my new podcast, History on Trial. Every episode will cover a different trial from American history and reveal how the legal battles of the past have shaped our present. Listen and subscribe to History on Trial, now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
3: All of a sudden, he says, Linda, I see a skull. Deep in the heart of the Ozarks, a mysterious disappearance turns into a grisly discovery. Two young women murdered. My name is M. William Phelps. For the past several years, I've been reinvestigating the cases of two young women abducted from their small towns, their bodies dumped deep in the Ozark woods. With a connection to one very familiar name. He chose his own moniker, binded them, torture them, kill them, BTK. Cold cases I'm breaking wide open as a heated confrontation with an alleged psychopath ensues. Did you kill those girls? You got all this information. Then why did you ask me if I knew? Long-held secrets finally revealed, sending authorities rushing to confront a suspect who's been hiding in plain sight for decades. Listen to Paper Ghost Season 4 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Okay, so
2: imagine this. I want to set the stage here, folks. Uh, let's say you live in the United States and you know that uh, these are very divided times. And everybody has a Twitter account. And one day, President Biden came onto Twitter and said, Hey, guys, I know there's a lot going on. Hang on. Let me put my sunglasses on for a Biden impression. I know there's a lot going on these days, but uh, has anybody seen this picture of the chupacabra? Just look at it. Everything is magical. Uh, That's exactly what happened not too long ago. In Mexico, current Mexican President Andrés Manuel López Obrador uh, tweeted the following, and I would like to share this tweet. I'd like to read this to you all. Um, he tweeted two photos, and one one is a picture of some ruins, and that's totally in line with like these are ancient Mayan ruins, and the other photo. On the left, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, it appears to be a creature of some arboreal bent who is kind of hustled up, clinging to the trunk of a tree, kind of high up in the tree. Did you say an arboreal ent? Bent.
0: Oh, okay, sorry. Isn't an ent like a type of uh, Mm -hmm. fairy folk?
2: tolkien universe yeah, yeah so that I, I
0: heard arboreal
2: and that's what made my brain go to that but, sorry please continue. Oh, no, it's, it's totally uh so the this creature if we're being honest i just wanted to use the word arboreal uh this this creature looks like it has uh, a little bit of a hood and it has two dark beady eyes uh, uh, let me let me share a picture here i want to see if we can get a good look at this together okay so I've shared the picture with us. Have you guys seen this photo before?
0: Mm-hmm. You, you sent it to our group text thread. And, uh, oh, that's it, right. It looked like one of those kind of, uh, you know, what do you call those? Ring camera kind of creepy pasta kind of deals. A um, little bit of the old uh, night vision vibes,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: but a little more palpably something <laughs> than, than most of
2: those. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, those little guys in the Star Wars universe. The Jawas? The... Jawas, yeah, Jawas, just so. It looks like a Jawa that got up a tree.
0: <laughs> get that get that fella down from there. Call the fire
2: department. <laughs> Has your Jawa been stuck in a tree? Call us one 833 Uh, we're we're getting, you know, it's tough economic times. So we're doing Jawa removal in addition to podcasts now.
0: Those guys are fierce. They're vicious. They'll
2: bean you with one of those spear staff shillelagh things they carry around. <laughs> Leave it to the professionals, folks. We're here for you. Uh, And we're here for the president of Mexico in this respect. Uh, (laughs) He he said, okay, this tweet went viral. Most people thought he was joking, but he seems to genuinely believe that he is sharing a photo that was taken um, a few days before he posted. It said it's from an engineer, and he says it appears to be an aluche or... um, almost like a duende, uh, a mischievous woodland elf-like spirit in Maya folklore. What is and it called,
1: Ben? Sorry, I didn't hear. Aluche. Okay. Pardon
2: my pronunciation, A-L-U-X or A-L-U-X-E. Whoa. Uh, and this this is like the kind of spirit you see present in so many other types of folklore Across the world, you know, like there's the story of the brownie in parts of Europe. There's the, the idea of the hidden folk, all kinds of spirits, right? Populate belief systems of the world in ancient times to today. Uh, but we did not know, Mr. President, that you were a cryptozoologist. So if you look at the tweet, the English translation, he's essentially saying, I'm sharing two photos of our supervision of the Mayan train works. One taken by an engineer three days ago, apparently shows an aluche. Another by Diego Prieto of a splendid pre-Hispanic sculpture in Ek Balam. Everything is mystical. And illuminated. Or we could do a different read. Yeah, like everything is mystical. Uh, Bro. He's having this <laughs> weird kind of mcconaughey Harrelson moment, mm-hmm. I think. soft, my guy. <laughs> and he's, and he's, uh, he's serious about it. Uh, but people have already started asking some questions. I, I guess we should say the Maya train is a railway that's going to be about a 1,000 miles long, and it's been pitched as a way to, to spark local economic development where it's being constructed. Is he using this as an argument against this project? I don't know. It reminded me of the stories from Iceland wherein construction companies will build roads around what they see as, as the home of spirits, right? Trolls even, or mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this thing goes viral. Everybody thinks he's joking. He emphatically is not. And, uh, and then people start looking into the actual photo he posted, which you can see online, Twitter, wherever. And the image does not have metadata. So we don't really know, we can't really prove who took it or when it was taken. And this is, um, this is interesting because the photo itself might be older than the president appears to believe. In fact, it's nearly identical to another photo from 2021, which is why it was a little trick question when I asked, have you guys seen this photo before?
1: Yeah, but it wasn't described as uh, that creature. It was described as a witch. yes. Yeah. It's a bit it strikes a bit of a witchy figure.
0: We're not gonna lie. I mean, the outline and the glowing eyes also reminds me of a Thai film called Uncle Boon Me, who can recall his past lives.
2: Oh yeah. It has some
0: kind of Yeah, it's neat. Um it has some kind of woodland time traveling spirit type things that are like almost look like the way shadow people are depicted. Mm -hmm. in terms of those like kind of waking nightmare situations that we've discussed sleep
2: sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about uh some of our favorite horror movies later in the week i believe uh matt you found something and i know you were you were looking in the mexican news sources as well so you found something that talks about how this photograph is probably older than the president of Mexico believes, or at least believed in his tweet.
1: Yes. Uh, and as you said, it was from 2021. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's on debate.com.mx. And uh, it's, uh, it was posted on, it looks like February 10th, 2021. I think that's the, how the date is written. Yeah. And it's saying that this was an alleged witch that was caught up in a tree at a very specific place. General Tehran Nuevo León. And this this does remind
2: me very much of our Duende episode from a while back, if you remember. What we have to realize is that there's an interesting parallel of double-think in many cultures wherein someone will say, I consider myself a pretty skeptical person, give me the facts. But then also, traditionally, there are some things that I'm just going to... I'm just going to say, hey, maybe, maybe they're out there. It's kind of the way Iceland treats uh, their culture's belief in the supernatural. Uh, That's how a lot of different countries will treat belief in ghosts or spirits, you know? And the question here, (laughs) for a lot of the experts, including folklorists, uh, the question is, why did the president, the president of Mexico, why— is he, why is he coming out uh, in support of the existence of these creatures who are kind of, they're often described as like tiny and short and hairy. You know, they're little scamps too. They won't like poison your well or kill your firstborn, but they're going to open up the gate and let the goats out, you know, or they're going to like, like the Yule put your lads. shoes in different places.
0: Remember the Yule lads, Ben? Mm-hmm. In, I
2: believe, is that Icelandic culture? Oh, the Yule lads! I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with I'm okay with us naming hackers on air, but I don't want to mess with the Yule lads. Sausage sniffer, yeah. They all or sausage swiper, names. doorway Whoa. sniffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah there's there's a bunch licker. of them. They're, they're,
0: they do little tricks. They do weird stuff.
2: Yeah. They all have their little moves. Uh, mm-hmm. That's Iceland. Yes. Correct. Yep yep, yep. yep. And they used to. You're right. And they used to be uh, much more dangerous back in the day, or regarded as such. Which happens a lot with folklore. With this. I don't know, it's strange because you can see it's reported in the New York Times, it's in the Guardian, and a lot of folks are saying, or a lot of folks are conjecturing that this was like a tongue-in-cheek human interest move on the part of the president. It worked. I'm not sure. Did It it worked. We're talking about it, you know, and this is where, we're we're keeping this one short because I'm… gearing up for some more paranormal stuff we got to get back to it um so we don't want to say everything about this but i did want to end on a question for a fellow conspiracy realist which is this do you live in a part of the world where belief in the supernatural is still to a degree prevalent if so what are what are the spirits or the creatures that people talk about and equally as important do you think the Actual again, the actual president of Mexico. Do you think that he genuinely believes in creatures like this, the Aluxes or the Aluxes, uh, spelled A L U X E S? Would love to know your thoughts. You can hit us up, and any variety of means or platforms, or just you know tell your favorite mysterious tree elf to travel our way in Atlanta, Georgia, and we'll speak to them directly. It'd be cool. If we had them on air, you know, dream big. Matt's like, yeah, sure. Sure, buddy. (laughs) Okay. So uh, like we said, uh, we've got a lot of stuff in the mix in the next few weeks. There are some big things happening. So we're going to keep this one a little bit shorter. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsors, and we're going to end with some potentially good news for the future
4: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In July 1881, a man walked into a train station, pulled out a gun, and shot the president of the United States. James Garfield's assassination horrified the American people. And they wanted his killer, Charles Guiteau, punished. But Guiteau, many experts believed, was insane. What had seemed like a black and white case was now much grayer could the justice system truly deliver justice in a situation like this guiteau's trial was extraordinary but not unique important trials have always raised questions and made us reflect on the world we live in i'm mira hayward and i'm exploring the stories of these trials in my new podcast history on trial every episode will cover a different trial from american history and reveal how the legal battles of the past have shaped our present. Listen and subscribe to History on Trial, now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
3: All of a sudden, he says, Linda, I see a skull. Deep in the heart of the Ozarks, a mysterious disappearance turns into a grisly discovery. Two young women murdered. My name is M. William Phelps, for the past several years, I've been reinvestigating the cases of two young women abducted from their small towns, their bodies dumped deep in the Ozark woods with a connection to one very familiar name. He chose his own moniker, find them, torture them, kill them, BTK. Cold cases I'm breaking wide open as a heated confrontation with an alleged psychopath ensues. Did you kill those girls? you got all this information. Then why did you ask me if you already knew? Long-held secrets finally revealed, sending authorities rushing to confront a suspect who's been hiding in plain sight for decades. Listen to Paper Ghost Season 4 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. <laughs> And we're
0: back. And uh, uh, gentlemen, have you seen the film Armageddon or perhaps Deep Impact? Yes. Or any number of other asteroid-related disaster films. Disasteroid films. So
1: many times. (laughs) Deep
0: Impact. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's there's others. It's definitely a genre. Um, I think probably Armageddon is the one that we think of the most. Don't know if that one got a Criterion release. I think that uh, The Rock definitely did. But Armageddon is also a uh, – oh, gosh, what's the guy's name? Bruckheimer? Is that his name? One of those big, blustery blockbuster movies about uh, a, a ragtag band of, of every everymen and some scientists that – Go to outer space to land on a doomsday asteroid that's that's careening towards planet Earth. Um, Armageddon was Michael Bay. But Michael Bay. I confused Bruckheimer and Bay. Yeah, Bay is the Transformers guy, but they're both yeah, they're, they're similar. He's they're,
2: known they're, for his subtle
0: plot construction. Very much so. Yeah. So this this asteroid depicted in the film um, Armageddon would potentially breach Earth's atmosphere and cause all kinds of hellish. Chaos, you know, um, potentially if it hit in the ocean, you know, it caused tidal waves and all of that kinds of stuff. This, there's truth to that. I mean, there, you know, if if uh, a large body were to collide and it were big enough, and I, you know, we've always heard about. Oh, it'll burn up. Anyone that hits will probably burn up in the atmosphere before it hits Earth. If it were sufficiently large, like planet sized or something, that would be bad because it wouldn't entirely burn up. Probably, um, and and you. Hope that that Uncle Sam uh, and his government uh, are considering this, coming up with some kind of you know plan. Uh, and and yes, this is very true. They they have been doing that. Um, of course, we've got the space force, which is not directly tied to this. Uh, we also have a program that NASA has been working on for some time now called Dart. I think we've discussed Dart. At some point. Yes, we have. Yeah, it's it's part of NASA's planetary defense strategy. Um, and it stands for uh, double asteroid redirection test. And Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory in Laurel, Maryland um, were, were also involved. And uh, the idea is to send essentially a, a small spacecraft um, on a collision course with an asteroid that could potentially be, uh, you know, bad news for, for planet Earth. And they did that thing. And to have NASA describe it, after 10 months flying in space, NASA's double asteroid redirection test, the world's first planetary defense technology demonstration, successfully impacted its asteroid target on Monday, the agency's first attempt to move an asteroid in space. So this is interesting. I think this is very uh, an interesting distinction Uh, on in the movie Armageddon that we've been talking about. uh, The goal was to put explosives into the thing, drill down in it. They have like one guy, I think Bruce Willis's character is like a drilling expert. And that's a big part of it. Why they have to have him. It's got to be him. Um, And, you know, fill the thing with 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 dynamite or some equivalent and blow it up into much smaller pieces, which seems like it would also cause multiple problems. But this is not their goal. Their goal is to move it. To alter its course, and if you theoretically moved it enough, you know, as far enough away, just a little bit of movement, even in the time it would take for such a you know asteroid to
2: reach Earth, probably would steer clear of it entirely. That's the dream, and that's we were talking about Dart back in 2022, right when they first uh, when they first gave this a go, and it's really impressive too. I mean, I think it's easy to sit on planet Earth and say. Well, I saw Armageddon, and I think you all could do better. <laughs> right. Uh, but but they're doing massive science.
0: it more of a, of, a, of a show, you know, whatever happened to
1: showmanship. Um, but no, this is the smart move. The really cool thing about this is the reason why they even targeted th- this asteroid, which was actually two asteroids, a larger one and a smaller one, and they targeted the small one and had that impact, hit the small one because it has a smaller mass, which increased increases the probability that they're actually going to make an impact a deep impact on the uh, <laughs> on the orbit of that thing the smaller one around the larger asteroid right right
2: that would be dimorphos yep. is the small one and the chonker is didymos There you go. Yeah. It was now short his name, but just Diddy. Mm -hmm. It's a rebranding
0: for the. I'll use that name moving forward. Um, I learned a new word today. Uh, Mm -hmm. It makes sense. It's easy to put this on the end of most things, but a a moonlet. Mm -hmm. That's what Dimorphos is. Yep. Yeah. It's an asteroid moonlet. Uh, And when we say small, it's still a big old fella, but uh, 160 meters in diameter. Uh, Whereas the larger buddy
1: is 780
0: meters in diameter.
1: Yep. But the cool thing to me, guys, is that the whole reason they target it is so they could measure the orbit of the small one around the big one to mm-hmm. measure the change to see if it actually did enough or, you know, had enough of an impact that we could use that same idea and target of just a single asteroid that was headed toward Earth and make enough of a change where it just misses us. And then hopefully for the next however many hundred years would continue to miss us. Proof of concept.
2: Yeah. And
0: it totally was it did work yeah Um, the quote this is by the way directly from the NASA uh, press release about this and the quote comes from Thomas Zerbuchen Zerbuchen seems like a German name uh, associate administrator for the science mission directorate at NASA headquarters in Washington breath and uh, he said this planetary defense is a globally unifying effort that affects everyone living on earth now we know we can aim a spacecraft with the precision needed to impact even a small body because again that's the test right Mm -hmm. easier to do with a larger body. And then I guess you just got to take into calculation the mass and build your spacecraft accordingly, one would Mm -hmm. imagine, Mm -hmm. Um, because you got to match it, one would think, to to make it move. Um, And I want to talk more about that in a second, too. But he goes on, uh, now he can aim a spacecraft with the precision needed to impact even a small body in space. Just a small change in its speed is all we need to make a significant difference in the path an asteroid travels.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. There's a little bit of math involved. As you might as you might assume, but I also want to uh, posit uh, just for the good folks at NASA a possible money saving measure. Uh, this could hit two problems with with one figurative non asteroid stone Superman. I was going to say super pigs. You're Really <laughs> close. What like they're so good at ruining environment? What if we just have like a whole passel of super pigs and just shoot them en masse? into the asteroid
0: then it's like that cobra problem ben you know yeah. or the rat problem where you you <gasps> deploy all these 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 creatures to solve a problem and then now we have uh feral space pigs
2: feral um, space pig. i know man i'm just like roll the dice at this point with all the problems in the world you know and i i love i love when we talk about space you guys know that and i'm, I'm just i'm bringing up the pigs because it feels oh, yeah. like no. you, you got to find it's, something to do with them <laughs>
0: It's still fresh. And we're going to talk more about that, I think, uh, in our next episode, in this week's Listener Mail episode. Um, But we can't talk about space, Mm. by the way, without dropping some absolutely bonkers acronyms. Oh, please. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We, we, We already have DART, which is the double, by the way, double asteroid. It's like a double fantasy, you know, double asteroid redirection test. Uh, then we also have some some tech, some cutting-edge tech that was associated with this mission. Uh, one of them is called DRACO, and this is the spacecraft's only instrument, measurement instrument. And that stands for the Didymos Reconnaissance and Asteroid Camera for Optical Navigation. Beautiful. The navigation's extra. But why not just have it be DRACON? I always wonder about that when they have an extra word that isn't part of the acronym. It's just like yeah. implied. I don't mm. care for that. Drake Khan sounds cooler than Draco even, but maybe not. I don't know.
2: No, I think you're making a really, really solid point. All three of us have seen some pretty awkward acronyms. And, you know, it's no secret that on this show, it's a mystery to us uh, as to how those acronyms get chosen. Mm-hmm. Like, whose job is it? Is it, the, is it considered, you know, kind of a crap job that an intern gets? Or is it the privilege of the people at the top? Who are saying, like, I have spent decades at NASA. It's my turn to come up with a name. And do you like work backwards from the cool, buzzy sounding word, you know, <laughs> to, to, to get what yeah. the
0: actual letters stand for? Because these are all pretty sciencey words. Uh, but I guess maybe part of that is deciding whether or not to leave one out so that you can make the cool word. I bet it's some combination of the two. Uh, the, the next one is smart. Nav, nav yeah. of course is navigation, but you can't put an "n" after smart because then how do you say that? Smarten, Smart. You could, but it would be it doesn't really read very well. So smart nav, and the smart stands for small body. They've chosen to hyphenate that, which I guess is is grammatically correct. Small body maneuvering autonomous real time navigation smart nav. That was another tool, a control system.
2: So are we are we saying first thank you? Brilliant, brilliant space experts for uh, making some real progress in trying to save the world, but also sharpen up your acronyms. Is that what we're saying?
0: No question. Always, uh, <laughs> okay, always
2: a, a, a twofer
0: there. I, I, one thing, I, I'm, I'm trying mm. to find this in the uh, release. One would presume that, I mean, it is a one-way mission. I mean, the, the spacecraft is
2: lost, right? Like it's smashed, yeah, at this point, it's not coming back. Uh, I don't think so. Like the, I, I think that would be a whole other level of complexity, a whole other bag of space badgers to make something that could boomerang successfully. But and, it's not know, out of the realm of possibility.
0: No, it's not. And, and one thing they don't typically, I guess, put in these kinds of uh, press releases is how much the thing costs. But one would presume, knowing what we know about like intercontinental ballistic missiles and even things like that, something with this level of tech, probably not cheap. So a test like this damn well better have been successful. And it, and it was, uh, but we do have a, a, a good news, um, a bit of good news to, to leave off with on this. We are not expected to be in danger uh, of an impact, a deep impact by any planetary body, you know, or, or whatever, you know, asteroid uh, for at least a hundred years, because oh, you got to remember, right. it took the spacecraft 10 months to even reach this destination to do the thing, to make that impact. So we're probably okay for the time being, but it's good, good to be prepared. Better to have it and do the one test than just have them in reserve for when the, the time does come, if we still even have technology and infrastructure by then, mm-hmm. if the Internet hasn't been erased by solar coronal mass ejections or
1: whatever. We talked about this last time, but the first thing humanity has to do is see these things before they right. hit us. And right. we're kind of we're doing better. We're not yeah. there yet.
0: Yeah, you say we've been slacking off a little bit on on watching the skies. Nobody, no,
2: making progress. Making progress from doomed to in a terrible situation. It, hey, there
1: you go. That, I, I was saying nobody who is doing that work is slacking off. It's just Mm-mm. there's a lot of sky. Yeah, <laughs> I, I certainly
0: was no not throwing shade at any individual sky watcher. I just mean. Probably there's not enough eyeballs overall, whether they be virtual or otherwise. But why can't that stuff be? I mean, I'm surely there are systems in place that would set off some kind of klaxon, like in the movies, you know, if, if one of these things is sighted. But again, we're talking far, far away. And I guess it could be fragments that are new that then, and if they're smaller, they travel faster. <laughs> I'm not sure.
2: I mean, I don't it know could be space the, the math. Ap- the atmosphere is very good at eating things uh, but when, they, when they enter, uh, but also there are problems beyond asteroids that, that potentially could pose a, a much more difficult threat to address. I'm thinking of gamma rays, great mm. gamma wave burst in particular. Uh, these things can travel so fast that you kind of have a moment to know what's going to happen, and then you're gone. Uh, shout out to our pal Josh Clark. With his fascinating podcast from a few years back called The End of the World, where I think he talks about the gamma burst issue. But, but one problem at a time. I mean, this is awesome science, and this is good news. This is good news, uh, and this research has to continue. It's vital. It's like the infrastructure problem. People don't know how important it is until something goes wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I've got to wrap this up with a shout-out to somebody
0: else, uh, comedian John Daly, who you all probably are familiar with. He's on Comedy Bang Bang a lot. And your mention of Gamma Rays reminded me of a hilarious Red Hot Chili Peppers parody song that he created called Abracadabra La Fornia. And um, it is just absolutely spot-on, but there's a really great lyric uh, when he starts rapping like Anthony Kiedis. He says, I drink an Alabama slammer with your sexy-ass grandma. The Hulk turns green when the rays get gamma.
1: <laughs> Bars. I just think that is brilliant wordplay, if you Bars. ask. Bars. Beautiful. Uh, also, just a reminder here before you end it, Noel, uh, there was a meteor, a very small one, about a meter in diameter. A meter meteorite. <laughs> it was a meteor not too that's a meteor, of a meteor. It could have been <laughs> meteor. A meteor meter diameter uh-huh. meteorite. Ooh! Um, so, okay. Anyway, <laughs> it, uh, back, it was in mid February when it was just this tiny little meteor it struck earth burned up in the atmosphere as Ben said the atmosphere ate it uh, but it was only discovered like an hour or two just before it hit so basically we had enough time to go oh crap and then it mm-hmm. burned up but it was small enough to where it didn't cause any damage but that kind of thing is happening all the time <laughs>
2: Right, so if ever you have a relaxing afternoon and you're not worried about something, uh, just imagine, just look up at the sky and imagine all the stuff that's out there. We are so fun. By the of way, we that, was,
1: that was the seventh time a meteor has mm-hmm. been seen just before it made impact. Seventh
2: time in history. Like train derailments. These are like cosmic train derailments. They happen way more often than you think. Uh, and with that, you know, maybe we should maybe we should consult the president of Mexico. Maybe he has some hot tips on uh, on how elves could come into play. He seems like he'd be
0: fun at parties.
2: <laughs> we maybe we can uh, maybe we can find out. Maybe we can officially invite him on the show. Uh, in the meantime, we would love for you to be part of the show, folks. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, we cannot wait to hear from you, uh, especially if you have experience in wet sec. In particular, I think we're all getting caught on that one. Uh, or if you work for the Mexican government, or if you are on the front lines of protecting Earth from cosmic threats. Any of that uh, bonus points if you've got leads. For another episode in the future, our best episodes come from you, specifically if you have one burning in your mind right now and you need to tell us immediately, well, we're here to help you out. We try to be easy to find online
0: boy do we ever so easy you can find us as conspiracy stuff on twitter youtube and facebook where we have our conspiracy group uh here's where it gets crazy so that one's called um you can find us on instagram and tiktok at conspiracy stuff show
1: we have a phone number you can call it it's a voicemail system call one eight three three S T D W Y T K. that's s-t-d-w-y-t-k you just put it in your head, let it keep rolling. Also, put that into your contacts. Make sure you do that. That's that's very important. When you call, in, give yourself a cool nickname, say whatever you want. You've got three minutes. Please, at some point, tell us if we can use your name and message on the air and your voice. If you don't have time to do that or you don't want to do that, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. 18 plus
4: from the scopes monkey trial to oj simpson trials have always made us reflect on the world we live in i'm mira hayward and my podcast history on trial will explore fascinating trials from american history join me in revealing the true story behind the headlines and discover how the legal battles of the past have shaped our present listen and subscribe to history on trial now on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
3: My name is M. William Phelps. For the past several years, I've been reinvestigating the cases of two young women abducted from their small towns, their bodies dumped deep in the Ozark woods, with a connection to one very familiar name. Find them, torture them, kill them, BTK. Secrets finally revealed, sending authorities rushing to confront a suspect who's been hiding in plain sight for decades. Listen to Paper Ghosts Season 4 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.